Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good morning, y'all. <laughs> Good morning, buenos dias. A special hello to everyone watching on the live stream. Uh, quite a few families out sick and Jackie, who's going to be having surgery tomorrow. So can we take just 30 seconds and pray for everybody who's sick, and especially pray for Jackie for successful surgery tomorrow. Can we pray together? Father, we thank you today for your love and how Jesus carried our infirmities in his own body, and by his wounds we are healed. We speak today over every member of the Encounter family who's got the flu, a cold, or whatever, whoever's sick with whatever. Thank you, Jesus, that you carried it, Lord. And we pray and declare healing over every sick body. We pray your blessing over every family, and we lift up Jackie. We pray, Lord, for a successful surgery. We declare she will be stronger than ever before after this. In Jesus' name, if you agree, come on and say amen. 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 Well, it's my joy to share God's word uh, with you today. As usual, you can follow along the outline of the message through your Bible app. Just find Encounter Church on the events in the Bible app, or if you'd prefer a printed outline, we've got some in the box back there for you. There are just 28 days left in 2023, so we are in the final stretch of Christology. So let's all together Declare Revelation 1.8. It says like this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Apocalipsis 1.8 dice así, Yo soy el Alpha y la Omega, el principio y el fin. And because Jesus is the beginning and the end, el principio y el fin, right? All year long, we have been reading and we're almost done reading through the whole Bible together again. Getting ready to start over again in January, by the way. But all year long, we have been. Todo el año hemos estado leyendo la Biblia. Hemos estado descubriendo a Jesucristo de principio a fin. Because Jesus is God's logos. He is God's word. He's the reason why. He's the whole reason for the Bible. To find him, to know him, and to make him known. And as we near completion of the Old Testament... We've been finding Jesus lately in all of the kings and the prophets, the story of the kings and the prophets. A couple of weeks ago, I taught you about Elijah and Elisha, right? About Jesus and the Holy Spirit, how we see that in the story of Elijah and Elisha. And there's not nearly enough time in a year, in 52 Sundays, right, to cover every single Old Testament story. But we can trace the Lord Jesus Christ through the whole storyline and timeline of the Old Testament. Like, let me give you a few that we're not going to have time for. Can I give you a few? Maybe you want to jot them down. We see Jesus. We see how Jesus washes away our sins and heals us. Like this man who was told to dip seven times in the Jordan River. Anybody remember who that was? Naaman, right? Who was healed of leprosy by dipping seven times in the Jordan River. We see Jesus Forgiveness and healing. We see Jesus' compassion on sinners of all nations, of all peoples, not just the people of Israel. And his salvation through death and resurrection, like this guy that got swallowed by a whale and then basically resurrected, got spit out on a beach, right? Who are we talking about? Jonah. Jesus actually referred himself to Jonah, right? And so 
Uh, what else? Um, we see God's preservation of the law and the Passover because it got lost. Literally, they had lost the book of the law. They stopped celebrating the Passover. And there was during the, uh, the time of this king that the law was rediscovered and Passover was reinstituted. Anybody remember who that was? The youngest king in Israel's history. Josiah, that's right. King Josiah, through King Josiah, the law and the Passover, which lead us to Jesus, were preserved. Who might have been the rock in Nebuchadnezzar's statue dream? The rock that comes and knocks down the statue and destroys all the earthly kingdoms and establishes an everlasting kingdom. Who might that rock be? Yeah, that's Jesus. Very good. Who might be... The fourth man in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's fiery furnace. Said they look, he looked like the son of man, looked like a god, right? Who rescues us from the punishment of everlasting fire and hell. Who is that? Jesus. That's right. Who is the Messiah, the one who would come and reveal God completely to Israel through the minor prophets like Zechariah, Zephaniah, Micah, Obadiah, and many more? The one who would come, and in one day, it says, he would blot out the sins of everybody. Who is that? Who's the one who would bring the spirit of repentance and prayer on God's people? Jesus. So many more. Way too many to mention, and definitely way too many to get into those stories. So what we're going to do as we approach Christmas is that we're going to bring our Christology theme to an end. Now listen, 2023 will end. Next year's theme, I'm not telling you yet. You'll find out soon, right? But the theme of Christology will come to a close, but Christology will never end. Christology is, is the way we study the Bible forever, right? Finding Jesus from cover to cover. But what we want to do as we approach Christmas is I want to bring our focus to one, possibly the most major messianic prophet in the Old Testament more things he said came true in Jesus Christ than any other prophet. Anybody know where we're going today? Isaiah. That's right. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, the most messianic prophet of all the prophets. Does anybody know when Isaiah lived and prophesied? 700-ish B.C., 700-ish years before Christ. That's right. And it was actually the time... Right before and in the beginning of Israel's exile. Okay, I'll give you a little bit more of that in just a minute. But first, a question for you. Have you ever witnessed something go from wrong to right? I want you to think just a second. Have you ever seen something in your own life, in somebody else's life, or just in the world go from wrong to right? It's called being put right, right? Right? <laughs> You ever seen anything put right? I remember back when I was about 20 years old, I had uh, done something dumb and I had injured my lower back, my lower, my, my lumbar, okay? And I could barely walk. Literally, uh, one day I took a step and that was it. I fell over and I couldn't get up, okay? Something happened in my back and I literally, I walked around like I just, I could barely walk at all. My back was very wrong for a season. And I didn't know what to do, so I went to a, anybody know where I went? A chiropractor, right? 
And with a little bit of massage and some twists and some turns and some cracks that made me laugh out loud. You ever been to a chiropractor? I don't know about you, but I mean, some people are scared of that. Whenever I get cracked by a chiropractor, it just makes me laugh. So weird. But I'll tell you this, in just, in just a few visits with a chiropractor, my wrong was made right. I was all back to normal, okay? And so I want you to say wrong to right. The title of our message today is Wrong to Right. Isaiah prophesied right before and during the exile period. So let me give you just a little bit of that. God had been telling Israel, if you continue to reject me and worship idols, what's going to happen? Basically, you're going to become slaves again. So we're talking Israel, the one that God had actually made his people by delivering them out of slavery in in Egypt, okay? For generations, they had rejected God and had worshipped many idols. And God came to them again and again through the different prophets, Isaiah being one, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and others. And God kept saying this, turn back to me. Turn back to me. And then... Judgment would come because they wouldn't turn back to him. Terrible things would happen. And God would come through another prophet and he would say, turn back to me and I'll save you and I'll bless you. And what did Israel do every time? They would reject. And so God said, listen, I'm giving you all these chances, but the time is going to come when your time is going to run out. And if you continue to reject me, what's going to happen is I am going to allow you to once again be overtaken by your enemies. And not only are they going to invade, but they're going to cart you away to their land. And we know that this is what ended up happening. Israel was invaded by Assyria and then completely exiled by Babylon. That's right. And then that transition to becoming under the kingdom of Persia. Very good. So Assyria, Babylon, and Persia. They were Israel's oppressors. Come on, say oppressors. And so they basically because of their idolatry, were led back into slavery again. And Isaiah's central message was hope. Because in Isaiah's time, it was kind of too late. And God was giving them one last chance. But at the same time, God knew they weren't going to turn back to him yet. And so Isaiah... His entire, read that whole book. It's all so filled with hope. Now, some of the other prophets, whoo, Lord, no. You, you don't, that's not the central message of Jeremiah. Let's just say that. Or Ezekiel. But the central message of the prophet Isaiah is hope. Turn back to me and be saved. That's what God kept saying. Turn back to me. In Israel, the reality is that Israel And all humanity, for that matter, was so far steeped in sin and depravity that we could never right the wrong. That ship had sailed. There was no righting that ship, okay? And God knew this. God knew this. God knew that we could never right the wrong. And because he knew this all along, he himself was planning to step into humanity And rescue us. Isaiah himself and his message are a precursor to Christ and the message of the gospel. 
When you read Isaiah and you read his words, I want you to, to look at Isaiah and you'll see Jesus. Look at what he prophesied and you'll see the gospel. You'll see the message of the gospel more clearly possibly than any other of the prophets. So let's read. Today we're going to read out of Isaiah 61 and then Luke 4, the fulfillment of it. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring what? Look at that. I see Jesus in the gospel already. The spirit was on Isaiah to bring? Let's go back and read that from the top. I want you to see Jesus in the gospel. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Isaiah speaking. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And here are the results. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What's another word for favor? The whole message of the gospel, grace, very good. And the day of vengeance, of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion. To give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a, sp of a faint spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now look at this. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the... Come on, say wrong to right. The ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Now... Fast forward 700-ish years, and we get to Luke chapter 4. This is so amazing to me. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll, listen, you have to understand, Jesus didn't choose the scroll. Jesus just went to the synagogue, and he was given the scroll. Okay? And he stood up to read, and... And it says that what was given to him was the prophet Isaiah. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and in the eyes of all of the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing because Jesus is the scripture Jesus is the logos Jesus is the living word of God. Isaiah was just a precursor. He was just a foreshadow. He was just a messenger. But Jesus himself was the fulfillment of this word. Come on, say good news. 
The first thing he says is the anointing is upon me to give good news or to proclaim good news to the poor. Let me tell you a little bit about poverty. What, what Isaiah and Jesus were saying was not about you being broke. I mean, that's part of it, right? But the word poor denotes the spirit of poverty, which is this. Humanity is totally broken and rendered impoverished because of sin. We have lost everything made poor because of sin. Yes? And so what what God was saying here is that I have good news for the poor. Does that include you? That includes me. Okay? Good news for the poor. So what is that good news? The good news is that Jesus came to right the wrong. Jesus came to reverse the curse. Jesus came to repair the ruin. Jesus came to rebuild the devastation. Come on, somebody. From wrong to right. He came to make the wrong Right, and I want to give you just three words today that describe this great rescue, if you will. Three words that describe the salvation, the rescue that we have through Jesus and the good news that has been given unto us. This rescue is for the, creation, for, for the entire creation. You have to understand. We have to understand. This has an individual application, but what Jesus came to do was for the entire creation. Jesus came to set the whole creation at rights. He came to take the whole creation that was destroyed and messed up and ruined and wrong and bring it back right. And the way he does it is through individually taking me and you from wrong to write let me give you three words if you if I could summarize in three words the good news that's given to us the poor it would be these three words release recovery and redemption release recovery and redemption and what we're talking about today is what happens in the life of a person When the anointing, say anointing, of Jesus comes to us, okay? Both Isaiah and Jesus proceeded talking about what the gospel does by saying, somebody is upon me for this to happen. And who was it? The Spirit of the Lord. Isaiah and Jesus both said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has what? anointed me in other words he's come upon me all over me and the results are release recovery and redemption so what we're going to talk about I want you to think this is what happens when the spirit of Jesus comes upon me what's that called the anointing now let me just make this even easier the anointing is not a thing the anointing is a person The anointing is the Spirit of the Lord. That's right. We call him, in the New Testament, we call him Holy Spirit, right? So the way the gospel works, the gospel is the power to save, right? The gospel is the power to save, right? 
The way the gospel works is that Jesus' anointing, his spirit, comes upon us and actually into us and produces these three things. Number one, it's very simple, release. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, you are released. Not, not released as in you're fired, but you're released. Some of you like went, whoa, <laughs> you are released. <laughs> what does this mean? Well, when the spirit of Jesus comes upon you, when the anointing comes upon you, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it releases you and me from the prison of sin. It says, one of the first things it says, Isaiah and Jesus say, the spirit of the Lord opens the prison door. Right? Why would I go to a prison door and open it up to let somebody out? That's right. To let a prisoner out. I just want you to think about that. Prison doors are open so that somebody can... Get out. What is the thing that imprisons all humanity? Sin. The whole reason that God gave the law was so that we could all understand we are imprisoned in sin. And Jesus came, and by the anointing of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, says he actually opened up the prison door. Now, question. If you are a prisoner... And the guard in charge or whoever comes and opens up the door. What must you do? you got to get up and get out of that place. Because the prison door could be open and you're still sitting in that cell. And unfortunately, this is what so many do. Jesus has come. He has opened the prison door. And the door is wide open. But people don't come out. It's not that we need Jesus to do anything to set us free from sin. All we need to do is get up and get out. The door has been opened already. If you are sitting bound up by sin, it's not because God needs to do anything else. It's because you need to believe that that door is open. And you need to believe it enough to get up and get out. We call that repentance. Just get up and get out. The door is open. Come on, say, the door is already open. Maybe somebody next to you needs to hear it. Turn to somebody and say, the door is already open. Get up and get out. Turn to somebody else and say, la puerta ya está abierta. Levántate y salte. Now, don't leave, Pastor Julian. We're all free in here. You don't have to get out. All right. Revelation 18. Some are hot. Some are cold. I'm not going to keep you too long today, so just hold your horses. 
Revelation 18, as I was preparing this, this scripture came to me. And I'm like, really, that scripture? Revelation 18.4, then I heard a voice from heaven, calling from heaven saying, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins or you'll be punished with her. First of all, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today get up and get out of that jail cell. Get up and get out of that prison of sin. But if you have put your faith in Jesus and you're still sitting in there bound up by stuff, get yourself up and get away from that stuff. You don't have to stay bound to that. Get up, get out. Come away from that stuff. Sometimes it's a matter of just getting as far away from the source of temptation as you possibly can. I don't know what you have to do, but today you have already been released by the message of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, but you've got a decision to make, and I've got a decision to make. I can't sit in that cell. i got to get up, and i got to get out. And by the way, don't go back in there. Duh. But it's true. Some people like to visit their old jail. And they don't remember. We forget what it was like in there. You don't want to go back. Some of us have walked free in Christ and gone back to our old sins and, and then gotten free again. And we can tell you, you don't want to go back there. Has anybody ever been there? You don't want to go back. Once you've been set free, stay free. Stand for your freedom. Release the anointing of Jesus. Releases you. It opens the prison door and lets you out so that you can experience number two, which is recovery. Recovery. We've all lost things. And the scripture in Isaiah and Luke says that he brings recovery of sight to the blind. Okay? There is a recovery that comes by the anointing of Jesus. Why? Because we've all lost things due to sin, right? You don't just sin and just, that's it. No, when we sin, we lose stuff. We lose good stuff. The scripture's talking about blindness. The scripture's talking about losing sight. But sight isn't the only thing we lose. The first thing we lose is sight. We, we, we stop seeing God for who he really is, right? But when we live a life of sin, we lose, I don't know what you've lost. Peace, for sure. Joy. Innocence. Purpose, meaning, the list goes on and on. We've all lost things due to sin. And the good news is that by the anointing, by the Spirit of Jesus coming into our lives, what has been lost can be recovered. Luke 19.10, Jesus himself said, The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. I'll tell you this, the more you walk with him, the more you will recover what was lost. Because he seeks and saves, this is something he actively does. He came to do it, and this is what he's still doing. Jesus is always searching and saving that which has been lost. And if you follow him, if you walk with him, if you walk with the anointed one, his anointing will constantly get all over you. His spirit will always get all over you. And the more and the more you walk with him, the more and more you're going to recover things that were lost. 
and people that were lost. Just like you got recovered, you'll recover other people. But at the same time, things that were lost in your life, maybe health, maybe peace, maybe joy, whatever it is, maybe your purpose. If you walk with him, you're going to find it. Amen? That's what the anointing does. It helps us. It leads us to recover that which was, which was lost. And finally, the third one, the anointing of Jesus releases us. It leads us to recover that which was lost. And number three, we experience redemption. Now, this is important to understand this word. Redemption or redeem is actually slavery language. Okay? I know that in the year 2023 in the United States, we read the Bible and we read words as spiritual words. Right? As religious words. So people say, I've been redeemed. And we don't even know what that means. Okay? Have you been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? Woo! Shout hallelujah! And, 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 and we have been redeemed, but a lot of times we don't understand what those words actually mean. Redemption is a slavery word, okay? In times of slavery and cultures of slavery, and this time specifically where there were slaves, to redeem a slave meant to buy their freedom. If a slave had been sold... If you were to redeem them, you had to have the price to pay to buy them back. But it wasn't to buy them back to be your slave. Listen, it was to redeem was to buy them back to set them free, to no longer be a slave. To be redeemed means to be bought back for the purpose of being set free. That's what redemption is. Who came to all of us who were slaves of sin and it was the only one who had enough to pay to set us free with his precious blood. The Lord God Almighty in the flesh, Jesus Christ, paid the price of our redemption with his blood. When we say we've been redeemed, it means we understand what he says, he says, he who serves sin becomes a slave to sin. We're a slave to whomever and whatever we serve. And all of us have served sin in our life, right? So because we've served sin, we've become. And Jesus came and paid the price to buy us back out of that slavery to set us free. Free to be, get this, genuinely, totally human. Now, bear with me for just a second. Slavery dehumanizes. Slaves are treated as less than human. What are humans? Image bearers of God. So to put someone to sla into slavery is to take away the image of God from a person. And say you're less than the rest of us, right? And Jesus came. I love Jesus. I don't know if you love Jesus, but I love Jesus. He came and said, no, 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 no. You were created in my image. And I'm here to buy you back and set you free to be who I made you to be in the first place. The gospel makes us fully human again. 
restores God's image in us. That's what it means to be redeemed. That's why Jesus came to redeem all creation. Jesus came to buy us back from our oppressor, from our enslaver, the devil, and to set us free from that oppression. He himself said, John 8, 36, if the son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. Unquestionably. It's not a matter of, I, I, just, I just can't get free. No, you're free. You're free. You might, again, going back, you might still, by the decision, be sitting in that, that jail cell. Let me tell you, the door's open. The door's open. The anointing, his spirit, to set you free is totally available. You've been redeemed. Listen, it's not that you're going to be redeemed. You've already been redeemed. There's no more price to pay. It's been paid. There's no more penalty. It's been paid. The transaction has already happened. If I continue to live as a slave of my sins, it's because I decide to. I choose slavery to sin rather than freedom back into the image of God. Why? Because Jesus' blood is enough. And Jesus' spirit is enough. Unfortunately, people turn this into a religious thing and not a power thing. Just to know these things is not enough. You have to experience Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Jesus said that he was sending his, his Spirit upon us. And it's all because of this one thing. <laughs> the first thing Isaiah says, the first thing Jesus says. <sighs> Depending on which translation you read is where this is placed. But it all revolves around this one He calls it the year of the Lord's favor. All of this was going to happen at an appointed time. Listen. And that appointed time was the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord's favor. What's another word? It's all grace, y'all. It's all grace. The good news is wrapped up in one word. It's the word grace. For us. In us and on our behalf. Grace is God 
doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. Grace is God doing in us what we can't do in ourselves. And grace is doing on our behalf what we cannot do for ourselves. Or on our own behalf, right? That's why Jesus came as the mediator. He came to bring us God's favor, God's grace. And let me tell you, he didn't just come to bring his grace. His grace is active today by his spirit in your life. It's not that he just did it, but today he's working on your behalf. He's working for you to do what you can't do for yourself. He will work on the inside of you to do what you can't accomplish on the inside of yourself. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is grace. This is the gospel. This is the good news that makes the poor rich. Come on. The word says, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am. That's grace. We are poor. We're just made rich. Grace. We are weak. We're just made strong. Grace. The year of the Lord's favor has come. Not a year as in 365 days. An appointed time in history for grace to come. And it's already come. And now grace is poured out on all humanity for all who will believe. For all who will turn away from sin. To all who will put their faith and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace has come. The Holy Spirit has come to release you. The Holy Spirit has come into your life to recover what's been lost. The Holy Spirit is upon you to redeem you and to use you to redeem things and to redeem people. Amen. And just before we get ready to close, I just want to ask you this. Jesus came to set the whole world right. The question is, have you been made right? Have you gone from wrong to right? Have you been released from your prison of sin? Have you begun to recover what was lost due to sin? Have you been redeemed from the oppression of Satan? Or are you still sitting in that prison cell? Everything lost under the oppression of sin and the devil. You don't have to stay there any longer. You don't have to accept that reality any longer. So for just a moment, if we could avoid getting up and down, going in and out, this could be a very important moment for somebody today. Actually, maybe if everyone just wants to close your eyes for a moment, take a look your life have you been released have you begun to recover have you been redeemed have you been set free salvation is more than just
being excused for our sins. Repentance is not an apology. Okay, that's okay. Repentance is to get up and get out of the jail cell. To receive the spirit of Jesus in your life. And to be set free from the slavery of sin. Does anybody in the room today, or anybody listening or watching this, does anybody need today to make Jesus the Lord of your life and be set free? Is that anybody? If that's you, would you just lift your hand and wave at me and say, I need to give my life to Jesus today. Okay, anybody else say, that's me? Listen, maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord. Today is your day. Right now is your moment of salvation. Turn your heart away from sin. Turn your heart over to Jesus. Does anybody need to make that first time decision today? That's you. Just lift your, you lift your hand up and down. I just want to know who you are. Okay. Is, is anyone say, I've received Jesus. I've received Jesus in my life. I believe in all that, but I have not been set free or I once was set free, but I'm bound again. Or, or I'm not sure. I've grown cold. I've gotten away from God, and I want to come back today. If you've been backsliding and, and, and need to come home, if that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. I want to come back. I want to come back home to God today. All right, I want to invite everyone to stand as the worship team comes. Holy Spirit is the anointing of Jesus. The Holy Spirit causes us to be released, to recover, to experience this redemption, this total freedom. It's only by the Spirit of God. The Word says it's not by our might or our power, but by His Spirit. <laughs> by His Spirit we're set free. It's by His Spirit we recover what's been lost. And today I, I, I know that a few have made this decision to surrender your life to Jesus. Some, maybe for the first time or some want to come back to God. Maybe others as we get ready to pray for those who raise their hand or are making this decision again it's not if you raise your hand or not it's if you're making the decision I just feel this word there are some here 
who have lost something due to your past, due to sin, and you're walking with Jesus, but you've given up hope on recovering that which was lost. And I, I feel like there, there, there's a handful of people in the room that say, I've recovered so much, but I just, I, I just kind of, I've lost faith. I've lost hope in actually recovering that. I don't know what that is, but you know what it is. And the Holy Spirit today wants to come upon you, encourage you, anoint you, fill you with power, fill you with faith to continue to walk with Jesus and recover that which was lost. So today as we begin to worship, if you're making a decision to surrender your life to Jesus or if you're making a decision to come back to God today, or if today you say, I need, I need a touch of the Holy Spirit to reactivate my faith, to recover those things that I've lost faith for. I just want to invite you to come. We're going to just take a few minutes and seek the presence of the Lord and ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on each person today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just, be, just come if you need. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.